0: Tip FM's Extra Time with Ronan Quirk.
1: Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA own Dylan Nina, R.E.A. Stokes & Quirk Clonmel Mel, and OREA Seamus Brown Ross-Cray. See realestatealliance.ie.
2: Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Extra Time. My name is Ronan Quirk. We're here until 8 o'clock this evening. We'd love to hear from you. Our text number is 083- Three double one double three double one That number again which works for WhatsApp messages as well as conventional text messages is oh eight three. 311311. 311. You can also contact us via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at TipFM Sport. And lots to talk about tonight. Later in tonight's show, we'll be announcing the October Sports Star of the Month. This TipFM Sports Star of the Month runs every month in association with the Talbot Hotel in Clonmel and John Cork Jewellers in. Care. So we've had a number of nominees come in, but we will be announcing the winner later on in tonight's show. We will be reflecting as well on Grange Mokler's great success in the county intermediate football final replay, a one-point win for them. So many replays this year in our county championships, both in Hurling and football, have been one-point victories. And the intermediate football final replay on this weekend on Saturday was no exception, a one-point win over Arlo. We'll be reflecting on that and we'll also be reflecting on Laura's defeat in the intermediate Hurling Championship Provincial Championship I should say We had some camogie success in terms of all-star awards Geraldine Canal brings us up to date on that Lots of local rugby, lots of local soccer And also a reflection on the Breeders' Cup Success for Aidan O'Brien We'll be talking to David Burns before we go off air this evening Our text number again is zero eight three i I'm delighted to join my first guest tonight Is the Chairman of the County Football Board Conor O'Dwyer How are you Conor?
0: Good, running
2: Yourself? Mighty, can't complain. A uh, big week for you because a lot of anticipation built the longer the vacancy for, at the top job of Tipperary football was left vacant. And I'm sure uh, you, there's a sense of relief and pleasure for yourself as much as anything to get an appointment and a team in place.
3: Yeah, certainly, Ron, It probably took a little bit longer than we would have hoped, being honest with you. You know, David finished up, I think last June. Ideally, I'd like to have it in place at the start of the knockout stages of the football championship, but it wasn't to be. But, you know, we're really delighted at the end of a fairly long and arduous process, you know, to have it, what we believe is a really strong team in place for the next three years, you know, led by Paul Kelly. But yeah, listen, it's, I wouldn't like to have to do it every summer, being been honest with you, Paul. It was long and slow, but I do think we've got our man in the end.
2: Um, what was the market like when you went out for a candidate? because there was a number of names linked with the Tipperary position. Maybe some of them had traction, maybe some of them were uh, hyperbolic. Um, how did you find that process in terms of uh, how attractive a Tipperary position was?
3: Yeah, well, of course, you wouldn't believe everything you read online or in the papers in terms of some of the rumours. But, you know, the big challenge, and, and I think uh, all counties face, irrespective the of their Division 4 or Division 1, is the role of an inter-county manager now is such a detailed and busy role. It's not for everybody. You know, I spoke to one or two former inter-county managers who said it took, it was taking at least 40 hours a week, you know, um, and that's a huge input. That's a huge ask of anybody. And I spoke to a number of guys who may have done it in the past and they maybe have young families or busy and work and it just wasn't for them. And I think that's a challenge for for all counties. I think a number of counties like ourselves took, you know, it took them a good number of weeks Um to get a manager, in fact, you know, there's one county still without a manager, it's 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 difficult, but that is the main difficulty I encountered that unless people were, you know, had an awful lot of time in their hands, or unless they are hugely hungry for the role, they said, you know what, actually I've done it, I don't think I want to get back in there that quick, so yeah, it's um, interesting, we spoke to a number of people, a lot of people who we're very helpful, I have to say, you know, and we bounced ideas off a lot of people. But um, yeah, no, I'm glad and it's, it's all over and we can look forward to the next couple of years under Paul Kelly.
2: It's a question I'll ask Paul myself when I do get to meet him, but did you get a sense from him when you sat down with him what his football philosophy is?
3: Yeah, I would say he described it as, as progressive and and attack-minded. You know, and now maybe all future managers say that, but yeah, I know I know guys who've been involved with him before in, in various clubs, and, and the philosophy is certainly a positive one. It's it's not all about parking the bus, but I would say as well he's he's fairly pragmatic. I guess you know that within reason you do what you have to do with the win, but I would describe it as it certainly. Attacking being the the first thing to look out for, but again, I don't speak for Paul in that. To be honest, I'm sure he'd he'd gladly have a chat with you at some mm. stage. But yeah, certainly a man who, who thinks deeply about football. You know, um, not a household name, but I, I do know. You know, obviously, in a process like this, run there's a certain amount of due diligence done on all sides. And I did speak to a couple of guys whose, whose opinion I would hold in high regard about Paul Kelly and what he'd done and what he's capable of doing. So, you know, from all those discussions, I got a real good feeling about this guy. And certainly from having met him a number of times, in fact I met him um, this evening before I came on air to start planning for next year, certainly attention to detail won't be an issue or the amount of thought will go into it or the hunger to be you know, the hunger to, to be successful and be successful, February certainly is there, you know.
2: There was a lot of um, I wouldn't say disquiet but there was a lot of um, people who were disappointed is probably the word I should use at the fact that our county senior football championship was concluded without a management team in place and um, I'm sure that that was a pressure point for you, that you were keen to get the new manager in to see some of our club games.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not ideal, but I guess most of those games are up in Clubber now, to be honest, which I know Paul has looked at enough of them already, actually. But, you know, we didn't make a decision to start roll in terms of process to follow. And we were fairly determined um, to keep at that process and, and not be rushed into decision and having the right man in place was better than having a man in place by a certain date. You know, I'd be lying if I said that we, I wasn't starting to feel the pressure and the other three or four guys involved near the end, you know, but we said, no, what, we, you know, we'll wait, wait, and we weren't going to, you know, ask someone just for a second to fill in the role, and thankfully, I think and it all came good in the end, and as I say, we're very happy with it, not alone with Paul, but in terms of the team, and I'm sure you've seen the back of the team, you know, I think it's a really strong backing team. And um, right down from Hugh Kenny, who's a guy with a lot of experience in coaching, you know, to our own Paul Fitzgerald and Micah Sullivan. And can I just say, you know... Um, someone like paul fitz is an example of someone who's been there before and did it with tip and did it with awfully and is still prepared to do it again with tip and given the time i mentioned earlier on involved i think it's great credit to him and others who are prepared to put their hand up and i know there are people we spoke to within the county who you know who weren't in a position to do it now but perhaps i think we'll get involved again in the future so you know i i think anybody who puts their hand up and gets involved um, particularly for non-players players at least maybe there's a little more enjoyment and you're out there and you're training all the, you know it's a big commitment on players as well but certainly from a managed perspective where you have people locally prepared to get involved it's you know it's a certain degree of thanks over to them all
2: uh, the team and the squad itself will probably be coming together very soon pr- before Christmas um, because inter-county training gets, gets up and running in the next couple of weeks. Um, have you had any conversations with players or was there any player input in relation to, not so yeah. much the selection, but in, in terms of getting a, a sense from the players of what they wanted in terms of uh, a structure?
3: Yeah, we have. We've, we've had some discussions with some, I suppose, the, the leaders within that group. They weren't part of the process, but certainly we did come keep them abreast as much as we possibly could within within reason, you know. And, and you're right; they are certainly anxious to get back, and they will be meeting as a group in the next week or so. I think the 24th of November is the official date for return training. But I know there'll be maybe work done in, in individual groups and in gyms and that between this and then. But yeah, 24th of November is the is the is the official date, and, and they're all. Eager to get
2: back. Uh, Martin Quinlivan made a very valid point, I think, on the show a couple of weeks ago in relation to the fact that the Munster Championship draw, which was made before you made the appointment, could make the job a little bit more attractive because of the way the Munster Championship draw was was framed. Was that a factor at any point? Do you think in in, in luring a manager?
3: Uh, I don't think so. To be honest with you, um, I think the way the competition is structured now, around where you have. Root into a Sam McGuire into a Tyson Cup, it means that you have competitive games outside of the Munster Championship, you know. Um so I d I don't think so. I I think it's easier from that perspective. The the on the Munster Championship while it's important, I don't think it's quite as important in in the new structure, um, you know, with regard to the attractiveness or otherwise of the role, you know. So I I don't think it was a major factor, no.
2: I mean, uh, Paul was in with Ushin McConville's Wicklow management team. I know Hugh Kenner was there as well. Did it, did you get a sense from him that he felt that these, you know, the inter-county job was something that was a burning desire of his and he felt his time was right to do it? I know, again, it's a question I probably need to ask Paul himself, but um, he had looked, I think, or been a candidate for the awfully job, maybe the leash job as well, so not that he was fishing for a job, but he obviously felt that the inter-county role was something that was right for him right now.
3: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair comment. You know, he had been mentioned to us much earlier in the process, but our sense, and I think rightfully so, that maybe he was looking at one or two other roles, But so he only became available in the last number of weeks. But yeah, I think it's fair to say this is a guy who's, We've been there and done that at club level with involvement for a year and clearly this is where his ambition lies. So, yeah, again, I don't speak for Paul, but certainly that'll be an actual reflection.
2: Yeah, and obviously the cutthroat nature of the Dublin Senior A County Championship, he'd get into his, his own club, Thomas Davis, to uh, to a final back in 19, I think it was. Um, you know, that those those sort of level the level that that championship is played at, wouldn't be a million miles off inter-county standard, I wouldn't have thought. Certainly it wouldn't be far off Division 4 standard, which is where Tipperary will start their campaign. Yeah,
3: well certainly I think club level across the board in every county in the country has gone now, it's gone to such now that it's the gap is is narrowed between what happens in the top clubs and what happens at inter-county level and that's that's been the case now for quite a number of years, you know, so yeah it's probably, it's still a fair jump though, it's a fair jump in terms of I'd say commitment, the time commitment, particularly coming new into a job, into a county where you're not overly familiar with, in terms of getting up to speed and getting all the players, getting all the structures and the clubs and all that I think, yeah, listen, there's a as a huge learning cover in the first few months but I think this is a guy certainly up for the challenge anyway
2: I think he uh, found himself at the county intermediate final on Saturday I'd say he liked what he saw
3: yeah yeah good game yeah. Um, certainly very exciting yes um, you know I think Grange Moke were worthy winners but you know they, they scraped home they got a pint a few months to go but certainly uh, two games that didn't lack for atmosphere and, and some wonderful footballers on both sides you know and yeah listen our disappointed they came so so close, but yeah, a good advert for tip football and certainly plenty of talent on show.
2: And next Sunday I think it's commercials against New- Newcastle West in the stadium, which again showpieces or showcases the strongest team in Tipperary over the last number of years who have a number of intercounty panelists.
3: Yeah, and they'll be out for, as you well know, yeah. Ron, they'll be out for revenge. They mightn't like us using that term. but I, I think know. revenge
2: is a great thing to use in any dressing room. It's a great dish served cold.
3: Well, I don't know. I, want to, I don't do writing. in Tommy Morris' speech for him, but uh, yeah, <laughs> after, beating Nima, after beating Nima last year, I think, yeah. Yeah, we all thought that it'd probably get over Newcastle, but Newcastle West. But listen, um, they've been forewarned, I suppose, and that's forearmed. But yeah, listen, it's a big challenge. But getting them at home, maybe in the stadium, I think, I, I'd imagine commercials would would like to feel in the of Simpson Stadium at this this stage. They've won a lot of games there, so it'll be interesting, but not easy. But yeah, listen, hopefully, can get over the line.
2: Connor, can I congratulate you and your fellow selection committee on bringing this uh, package or this structure? Uh, management team to, to the county board for ratification. I know it was a it was a long process. I'm not saying it was arduous, but it was long, certainly. And so congratulations to you and your team and also for all the hours. You talked about the hours that um, managers and backroom teams put into inter-county Panels, But also the amount of hours that some of the administrators put into football in this county should not go unrecognised. And my thanks to you for all your efforts and uh, over the years with the county board. Have you much longer to go? I'm not trying to push you out the door now, but your term of office is coming <laughs> to an end, is it? You, you, you
3: can push away, Ron. <laughs> another five weeks. Well, we haven't fixed the date of our AGM, but it, it's um, in the first week or 10 days of December. So okay. another four weeks, you know, I'll be out the gap.
2: Okay, well, look, um, I'm delighted that this uh, chapter got concluded uh, well in advance of that, Connor. So my thanks to you, and uh, my thanks for all your help over the years. And I'm sure we'll bump into each other in due course. And thanks for everything.
3: Lovely, thanks. All all right, and
2: just Connor, before I go, I think everybody wishes. Paul Kelly and his team the very very best to look. I I just think that needs to be said that we wish only the best for our inter county teams and all to, all our anyone who wears a blue and gold jersey, uh, football, hurling, camogie, ladies football, whatever it is. We wish them the very very best, and uh, I just wish Paul the very very best of luck in in his in his endeavours. Thank you. I don't doubt that from now on. Thank you indeed. Thanks, Connor. Take care. Good luck. Okay. Uh, Connor Dwyer joining us there with news of that county football uh, board appointment of the... Uh, the management team for next year so we wish Paul Kelly the very best of luck we have a break to take lots of text and lots of comment on that we'll be back in a minute
1: The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month with the Talbot Hotel Clonmel multi-award winning wedding specialists with state-of-the-art leisure facilities and spa with food served daily The Tip FM Sports Star of the Month Get your nominations in now
2: yeah, you're very welcome. Back to Extra Time here on Tip FM. Um, really a great story, I think, happened over the course of the weekend. Carty's commiserations to Aherlow, who obviously, in order to make any good final, you need two teams. And Aherlow certainly contributed massively, I think, to both days in the intermediate final, both the drawn game and indeed on Saturday in the one-point defeat at the hands of Grange Mokler Bally Neal. But I'm delighted to be joined by the chairman of Grange Mokler Bally Neal, JJ Crowley. How are you, JJ? Not a bad run. How important was it for your club to get over the line and regain your senior status?
0: Well, it was hugely important because they, they, this team, we'll say, were breaks of, so successful in underage and that, and between minor and under 21. So, like, they've been knocking at the door for the last two or three years, and I felt like if we didn't do it this year, that
2: it might fall away, and we might never get there. Like you know, just for for, for listeners who have who, who needed to be reminded, you won a minor A championship in nineteen. You followed that yeah. up with an under twenty one A championship in twenty twenty. You were intermediate yeah. finalists in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. You were county semi finalists yeah. last year. So over yeah. the course of from nineteen twenty nineteen to now, you have enjoyed a, a very significant amount of success. Two nice pieces of silverware, but this has to be the cherry on top.
0: Without a doubt, yeah. Without a doubt, it was it was something like that when that's the year, <clears throat> like this, I thought, like I knew we had the, I knew we had the talent to do it, but to get the to get all the jigsaw into place and get all the right people in the right positions, and uh, I think, I, I think we got it right this year. Yeah.
2: And what was different this year? Do you think?
0: Well, I, I suppose. Um, like well, Shane, Shane, our manager, he took, he was doing all the physical work, and we brought in Charlie McKeever and Tommy Toomey uh, into the backroom team. with end, would end the Fogarty and Tom and uh, Mickey Bow, and uh, they, they all worked great together. Like you know, uh, Shane is a Shane did all the the graft, and like you know, he'd them like he'd be there on the pitch an hour before anyone, and like you know, uh, and he asked them to do, what they did. Like you know, he could tell him. He could send out a text saying, bring your runners tonight and they'd be wondering what the runners were for and they'd train for an hour and a half and he'd say, come on, into the cars now, we're going up to the Mass Rock and we'd do a seven kilometre trip around the Mass Rock. And like, there was a lot of fellas came around the Mass Rock there and they, I'd li- I wouldn't like to tell you what they were saying about Shane on the way back.
2: <laughs> I know that run well, are, unfortunately. I know what it does to your legs, it, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. But they bought into it and they, they, there was no complaints from the... Like, we have some of them, James Wallace would be 40 plus plus I won't say many pluses James but I remember one night they were going around the Mass Rock and there was 10 young fellas behind him and that was showing those young lads like you know if James Wallace can do it we need to step up Like, and they did step up
2: Tommy brings Tommy Toomey brings a lot of uh, analysis and analytics to a backroom team yeah. was that a, yeah. you know and I suppose in a modern game you do need somebody who's got an eye in the stand who's looking at things a little differently to the manager who's looking at exactly what's happening in front of him
0: yeah, you yeah, know, when Tommy's up on that on that ladder and looking in, like you would see he, for anyone. If you were on the side and watching the match, and if you're up in a bank looking in, it's a different. And if you if you can switch off, you can see things that a different manager, perspective, I the think, yeah, different perspective altogether,
2: yeah, mm. definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah. The match itself, I think, you know, you you had a slow start, and I'm being kind with that. You we were, had. I think, I yeah, think you yeah. were about seven points behind.
0: That's correct. Yeah, yeah.
2: But yeah. by half time, and I think that was what was critical—that the clawback had happened before the interval.
0: Yeah, well, I—I w- I wasn't even worried when we were in seven points down because, like, like we got off to a bad start, we were going to improve and improve and improve. And I noticed, we'll say, with ten minutes to go in the first half, I could see that we were under a bit of pressure, and like I knew, I knew what the work we had done, the training we had done, that that wasn't going to be a problem, even if we were. Still six points down going in at half time i, I felt that they'd be a kick in us, and that when to, when we shove them near the end that we'd be there or thereabouts
2: How many of the team had experienced previous uh, you know disappointment at probably most of the team at at you know two final two intermediate final losses and last year's semi final defeat
0: yeah they, they were they were when j p Wallace was to come on yesterday just in the last few minutes he would have been the only one that was on the last the 2003 the last time the last time I was there, like, you know. Yeah. But, but all the rest of them, like, but they have all tasted success, so, like, they know what it is, like, you know.
2: But I'm wondering how much they needed to bottle those disappointments, you know. It's a, it's a cliche in sport you got to lose one to win one. I'm not so sure I can entirely subscribe yeah, to that but, theory, but sometimes it does hold true.
0: Yeah, but Charlie instilled in them that there was, that they were capable of doing it, like, you know. And, like, uh, Whatever it is about a teacher when he's talking to him, he just he's able to get through to him, and they bought into everything he wanted them to do. And like, okay, he could get cross at times, and he could, but like, we, we like they, they would say to you that they had never had a a coach like him. The drills and the different things they were got to do, like you know, and the attention to detail was just unbelievable.
2: Uh What I think and is then, wonderful as well, um, JJ, if you don't mind me saying, it, is you now progress as Tipperary representatives. And there is something about your jersey and representing Tipperary. I don't think listeners need that explained to them about your club colours and representing Tipperary. But it's next Sunday. There is a celebration I'm sure the lads will have enjoyed this weekend. But they've had that drawn match, they've had the replay, and they're out again this Sunday now against Roan Moore of Waterford. They're
0: out again this Sunday. Like, you know, hopefully the celebrations will stop tonight. I can't guarantee that.
2: Are you going to issue a curfew? (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, I don't, but, uh, I don't think they listen to me, though.
2: No, I, I don't know if they listen to us right now. They're, well, I don't know where they are in the parish or in the whole uh, yeah. area, but good luck to them, anyway. Good luck to them, is all I'd say. good luck to them. Where's that match against Ron Moron? do you know?
0: We don't know. I spoke okay. to the Munster Council Secretary this morning, and, and uh, I just wanted to know, like, has the pitch to be enclosed and does it have to have a stand and different things like that, so... He's to come back. To, we looked at two or two or three options, and he's to he's to check with the Watford club. And he said he'd come back to me.
2: Forgive me for asking. Is it a Tipperary or a Watford venue?
0: The then, oh, that's okay. Then, okay. All right. Yeah,
2: well, yeah. The local. We still uh, have to get a pitch now. That oh it is, it's very difficult. And yeah. one thing I learned, which I, in my ignorance, and I'm almost embarrassed to say this on air, but I was unaware of the genesis of the uh, the cup that you won and the significance that it has as well to the to the Grange Moakler Neal club because yeah. everyone remembers yeah. Mick Hogan, but uh, the Bill Barrett Cup is named after yeah, a former correct. teammate of Mick Hogan's.
0: That's correct. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Was Bill Barrett on yeah. the the Bloody Sunday team?
0: I, as far as I know, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's uh, yeah, fitting. Was, no. Yeah.
2: Listen, yeah, I, so. I, 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 I wish you well. I wish you well next Sunday. I hope you enjoy the yeah, celebrations. Yeah. And you don't always yeah. get what you deserve in sport, JJ. But uh, maybe this time, but Greg Walker did.
0: It was a good football match. If I may pick out, like just near the end, Barry Grogan and our saying, "Push him out over the line. Push him out over the line." Barry kind of stumbled and then he straightened himself up and I'd say I haven't seen a point like it since Morris Fitzgerald scored the one in Semple Stadium. Well, I tell you... Mark Mark Russell in the first half he got two beautiful points. I mean, for a neutral there... I'm sure it was a nice thing to watch, like you
2: know. Well, that's fulsome praise indeed. We've all seen what Mark Russell can do on any stage. He's done it in Crow Park. He's done it in Thurles. He's a great man to keep yeah, points yeah. from distance. And anyone who's watched football over the last number of years don't need reminding of the, you yeah. know, the quality that Barry Grogan has brought to football in Tipperary and to his parish of Arlo. Correct.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No doubt about it. And, and, and Mark, if you can't stop Mark from getting from gear one to gear two, you're in trouble.
2: No and because when
0: he gets when he gets rolling it's hard to stop
2: what I like about and, and him as a player not wishing to go off on a tangent is that it's very rare to see fellas kick the ball from 45-50 metres nowadays but he's, Correct, got, the, he's yeah. got the 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 capabilities and the bravery and the confidence to do it and I wish there was yeah. a lot more like they, it
0: they, they, they gave an exhibition now the two of them to be fair yeah. to them, like, yeah. you
2: know, Well, and, you, and
0: on, on that note now, I'd like to wish Mark all the best he's, he's going to have an operation on his ankle now shortly he put it off the week before last so I'd like, on behalf of myself and the club, to wish
2: him well. Absolutely. We wish him well because I think that... um Paul Kelly, the new Tipperary football manager, will be uh, watching that one with interest as well. Listen, uh, best okay. of luck, JJ. I hope you have enjoyed okay. next Sunday and uh, enjoy the celebrations and enjoy. Um, you'll enjoy your Christmas dinner one way or another when it will comes down this year. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, JJ. Good luck and thanks. Thank you.
3: Thanks for so watching. Thank thanks, you.
2: Uh, Great story, Grange Mokler. As somebody says on Texas, just what the doctor ordered for Grange Mokler. Somebody else is bemoaning the fact that there's just so little football, senior football in West Tipperary next year, despite the f- does the fact that. Arville Rovers are the only senior football team in the West Division. Mean that there will be no West Senior Football Championship next year, just the O'Donoghue Cup. I Can't say I know the answer to that, my friend. But uh, it, you know, I think the rest, the West will certainly rise again after a disappointing year for them. But it was so much, you know, what was it? Three gate teams relegated from uh, from senior football this year. It, there was a high attrition rate in relation to that. Let's just uh, turn our attention. Momentarily to uh, the match that took place between Kerr Finn and Laura. It was a disappointing result for Laura. One texter says, like all Laura supporters, I was very disappointed yesterday, but this defeat does not define this Laura team who have been magnificent over the last two years and who can now look forward to senior status in 2024. Lads, you've done us proud. Let's hear from Ken Hogan, who was disappointed but mightily proud of his charges when he spoke to Paul after the match on Sunday
4: yeah I'd say uh, slightly we were slightly apprehensive going in any information we got we knew that they were a fairly formidable team um, I suppose when you're in unknown territory you don't know how we would approach it but I suppose even in the dressing room before the match I felt that uh, we were all of us maybe were a bit lazy fair in, in the situation the real tension in championship games I didn't sense that today so from our perspective I suppose um we thought we prepared as well as possible. We had a club wedding on Friday, and in fairness to Paddy Kendi, is a club panel member, um, and you, we don't pine for excuses. We said all the year we don't look for excuses, but we definitely were off the boil a little bit today. These guys have been brilliant all all through the year, absolutely fantastic in their commitment and what they've given to the club. And We've had a whirlwind two years, and I suppose we just we hit a, a road stop today. I think in fairness to Cora Finn, They were a really fabulous, fit, fast group of players. You'd know they were a dual club. They knew how to use the ball. They played very well in the wintry conditions. But um, hats off to Macdonald Park again for providing the pitch and having everything good. But I think we have to take our hats off and say that the better team won. Uh, Disappointing day for us. But we learn from it. we go back now you know, for the winter to the gyms and the spring and get bigger and stronger, the younger fellas, and get organised again for next year. But as a group of players, I can't say one word against them. We've had the great days. I think we're 17 matches on am up to today in two years. Uh, we, hit, we hit a blip today and uh, that's that's one thing that we've just got to accept Yeah, and From the start of the game I suppose the early goal went in but he bounced back straight away you were kind of fighting uphill for large parts went in four points down what was the kind of word in at half time because he came out he reduced it down to a point could have brought it back level and maybe things could have went differently but at half time what was the kind of the message to the team? The message was the same as always you know uh, know, uh, keep our composure take the scores we felt but, you know it was a high scoring game considering the wintery conditions um, you know um, we didn't expect to concede I suppose the scores we did that second goal was a killer blow for us particularly when we had an opportunity to get the equaliser uh, without being the post and you know made it a medal drawn game so we never got that opportunity to go ahead Paul um, but in fairness we have to say compliment Picard You we're a well drilled team a well drilled outfit I suppose we were disappointed uh, that we didn't play to our potential but Uh, you can't go to the trough and go and go again and I suppose we just got caught today and it's the end of your year but as you kind of mentioned a very successful year you would have achieved your main goal which is getting back into senior so I suppose these winter months now are about preparing for what's another step up uh, in in 2024 yeah without a shadow of a doubt and we know now you know we're put back on our feet now you know on our feet our firmly on the ground we know there's plenty of work to do Uh, we know the panel of players have to you know commit we'll probably have no play, no, new players next year coming through from underage. Uh, and that's what it's all about. It's about developing the players. Uh, but every player there give absolute commitment throughout the year, both with the junior teams and the premier intermediate. And uh, I I couldn't have asked any more of our players. Right, today it didn't work out. But in fairness, uh, Cora Finn were the better team of the day.
1: Extra time on Tip FM. Brought to you by your winning local team at Real Estate Alliance. OREA Own Dylan Nina. OREA Stokes and Quirt mel And OREA Seamus Brown Ross Craig. See realestatealliance.ie.
2: You're very welcome back. Our text number is 083311. 3311. Geraldine Canan's on the line. Hi Ger, how are you? How you doing, Ronan? Good. Uh, I think it's so important for young Tipperary Camogie players to see the likes of Court Devane and Karen Kennedy receiving All-Stars at the weekend. And it's just rewards for, for what they've done this year. It's probably not a massive surprise that our two best players got All-Stars, but it's fitting and just deserts for their efforts.
5: Yeah, I totally agree with you, and I suppose it's a great end to the year, I suppose, uh, for tipperary um, You know, we had six nominations and you'd be able to open, but... I remember going back a good few years, I think we got nine nominations and didn't win any awards. So, look, you know, you knew Cork, you know, were unreal all year, brilliant, the final, were going to dominate for deservingly picking up three awards. So, you know, although you kind of, I fully felt Karen and Cork certainly deserved two All-Stars, you'd never know really, you know, because you're only left with a, a, a four spots left and you'd have Galway, Kikini always uh, pick up a few All-Stars mm. every year. So, to win two, I, mean,
2: I thought Karen was her. Yeah I think Karen had a magnificent so I, year, yeah.
5: Yeah. She really set the tone if you go back to the first league match against Galway, who were all ireland Champions at the time, and she came up from centre back sort of all the way up the field and scored a goal and kind of set the tone for a tip and for her performances for the year. And then, you know, Cosh I suppose is our, is our chief scorer. Um, she had one of the best performances I've ever seen her play, I suppose, in Crow Park in the in the quarter final. Got a wonder goal, contender for goal of the year, and I think that's you know that's where she probably stood out for for an all star that day. And but uh, you know, brilliant for the two of them, and brilliant for Tip Komogi.
2: Absolutely, and I suppose we need to give some time to talk about Jean Kelly as well from Aero and McCarthy. Now, over the years, you've seen some really good young stars playing playing really well for for Komogi. And I remember Casey Hennessy when she was still in school and how impressive she was as a multiple star. I think she played soccer, she played. Camogie, I think she was probably good at most sports. Uh, talk to us about Jean Kelly and how good a season she had with the Tip Juniors.
5: Yeah, look, Jean has been brilliant all year. Again, um, you know, the Soren Star team is picked from the junior and intermediate championship and uh, it was announced previous to, to Saturday night, so we knew Jean had bagged the corner her forward spot. She was also up for player of the year, you know, which just shows how good a year she had. Um, uh, tip scored 10 goals on their way to the All Ireland final, and amazingly, Jean had gotten all 10 of them. You know, she got five one day against Wicklow, got three another day, two another day. So she was just on fire from the get go this year. And actually, if I back, she missed a couple of league games. I remember interviewing her when she was back for her first league game, she was after having a, a, a surgery in her appendix. So it was amazing when you when you think where she came from. You know, that was a big pleasure, uh to come and just be absolutely on fire for the championship. Uh, tips, you know, best, best performer by a mile, um, our most dangerous lethal attacker And, um, you know, it didn't work out for us in the end in the All-Ireland final, but certainly Jean was one of the, the highlights. And uh, it was great for Jean to go up to... Crow Park on Saturday and our family uh, and to check that award and uh, a fitting tribute again to uh to gene and it was a reminder of the great year the juniors had getting to that all iron final.
2: Yeah, and sometimes they don't get the oxygen and publicity they deserve, but maybe when they did get to a final this year we got an opportunity to see some of them at closer quarters than we otherwise might.
5: Yeah, and look and the, in fairness, the whole the whole county got behind them then, really. you know we had an open evening there two weeks before the final and the turnout was unbelievable and all the kids looking for autographs so there was a great buzz all year with Tip Camogie and, and you know when our seniors were beaten in the semi-final uh, you know the juniors really uh, carried the flags for us and you know they had a great year and uh, you know you'd be delighted for them picking up an award and I suppose it's you know these are individual awards you'd be everyone would prefer to be winning team trophies but uh, they're still uh, I think a lovely thing a lovely honour for, for the players and for the clubs and you know for their teammates as well and you know everybody that was in Crow Park were all delighted girls' names were called out and they went up to collect their award so it was a great night and uh, a great end to the
2: Yeah a great end to the year Gerard I think you might be coming in and out a bit on me No No yeah. Yeah, no. I just got the end of that. I think what your, your summation was was apt. You know that a great end to the year. Um, the year you look back on it, there was highs and lows. Um, some positives, perhaps the monster championship being the one that you'll, you'll remember the most.
5: Oh, definitely. You know, it was so hard to win trophies, and what the year is the All Ireland in the league? But
2: okay, I'm afraid that. Sorry, Gerard, that line is coming in and out on us. We're going to have to take a quick break. We'll be back in just a second. We're welcome back to Extra Time. It's Ronan Quirk here. Um, our text number is 83 311 Delighted to be joined on the line by John Long of Nina Ormond. How are you, John? Hi, Ronan. How are you? Ron? How, are you? Uh, how are things in Nina? Because four from four in the uh, Division 2A, it's a hell of a start for you. Great start, yeah. We've
6: just fallen on from the momentum we started last season, you know, the much the same squad the same guys same coaching team and it's just gelling really well so far
2: And Is there any one thing you put it down to or is it just the fact that there's familiarity now?
6: Yeah I suppose it's, look it's, it's building for a couple of years I mean it's, um, they're just they're just really really uh, playing good rugby training really hard and, and uh, it's just paying off on Saturdays now yeah
2: is it hard I suppose your proximity to Limerick is 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 a blessing and a, and a threat at some stage because sometimes do you ever worry that some of the bigger teams in Limerick come knocking
6: oh it happens every year I mean uh, we do lose guys sometimes time um but thankfully we didn't lose anyone last season and um, you know that's just kind of a testament to the to what the coaches have built there and uh, the lads they all want to stay and nobody left and um just carried on from where we left off last season.
2: Uh, 29-6 over Old Crescent on the road which makes it particularly impressive Cullum Skeen and Joe Coffey with the tries
6: yeah it was a a great performance Uh, we've actually never won in there in the the AIL we've won a couple of cup games in there but um, it was great to get a win in there you know they're a tough really tough side and and, uh, yeah away from home and and in in Old Crescent it was a nice one
2: always important to have a good kicker I think uh, was Conor McMahony five penalties two conversions
6: yeah, he was he was uh, on fire on Saturday it was great and, and we took our we got a few penalties uh, early in the game and and we took him and he, he put them over, you know, it really kinda got momentum going.
2: You had a great season last year, uh but with some regrets. You were so close to going up against Blackrock last year. I mean you were on the cusp of promotion and then the Munster Senior Cup final defeat which was taken from me in I think the last play of the game while there was a lot to admire about the season the tinge of regret must have uh, must have left a taste
6: Yeah it, it was it was tough but I mean no real regrets uh, after the season you know the lads from from fighting relegation the season before to to, to um, almost winning the Senior Cup in Tormann Park and nearly getting promoted you know um I think
2: there was more to be proud of than regret. Yeah, I, I I'd certainly say the glass was a lot fuller than at the end of the year than it was empty. You know, if you, if you were to use yeah. that analogy, uh, Cashel remain in second place, so two Tipperary sides, top and second in that division. And Peter Silk was talking to us last week, and he was saying a lot will ride on the, the sort of back to back games you are going to have against Cashel um, after you've finished the first round of matches and commence the second round.
6: Yeah, with uh, uh, Cashel at last game of the last game of the year, and then the first game of the new year, you know, back to back as you say. So it will. That kind of part of the season is 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 a, a really kind of a pivotal point for 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 players or teams up at the top end of the table and I guess the bottom as well. But um, Cashel being our being our uh, neighbors, and there's always a there's always a big fight happens. You know, it's a big big contest and it's um it's one it's going to be an interesting one this year this
2: season because they've won again so they're four points behind you uh they won 19-13 at home over Ballymena. Uh, uh that's impressive because Ballymena would be one you know maybe their their glory days are somewhere behind them but they are still an impressive force the point I'm making is that they're four points behind you and they could close that gap if they pick up bonus points and you don't
6: yeah it'll look, look it comes down to it. every game you know you need look at the next game that's coming up and, and uh comes down to that 80 minutes it can go either way for any team but um we're we' Ballymena now this weekend up up in uh, Ballymena. so it's a, a serious challenge you know it's a long distance up and it's um, it's tough on the players to get into playing mode after a lot of traveling um, so we've a huge challenge ahead of us this weekend
2: it's a question I often ask and I, I know it from Clonmel as well you know the costs of traveling north for a club like yourselves, like Cashel, like Clonmel, they're not inconsiderable. You know, they're, 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 they're they, they are a big drain on resources and putting a team into the AIL and all the travel in the 32 counties that that ensues, it's a, it's a mammoth task for your committees.
6: Huge. Yeah. I mean, we've been an unbelievable committee, um, in Nina and Nina wouldn't be a senior club without them. You know, it's the committee that's been there for the last, you know, the early, early noties that have, have done this, you know, um, everybody sees it on the field, I suppose, but no one sees the work that goes on in the background, you know, to have like to carry glasses, your main sponsor, and all the other sponsors and supporters and members we have, it's, it's you know, the likes of the committee getting, rallying those people to to, to pay their memberships and pay the sponsorships that allow a, a team like Nina to compete in, in senior rugby, because, you know, I've said it lots of times over the years, it's, it's really punching above our weight when you're Look at the types of clubs that play senior rugby around mm. the country, likes of ourselves, Cashel, Camer. As you mentioned, it it, it it is a big a big task for for any committee. And
2: um, but like without, if you look uh, at, the likes of them. you know, you went up against Black Rock last year. You look at the, the what they have in Stradbrook you know, and the history they have, and the financial resources and the deeper pockets they have. The fact that you're competitive at that level must give yeah. you a great heart as you start any it season. Does. It does.
6: It does. It, chalk and cheese the, what they have to, at their disposal you know? mm. um, but again let's go back to more proud than, than regret from last season that mm. we're up there at that level and you know we don't look out of place at all
2: Can well, I ask I, you about ground development at Tony? I haven't been up there now for a while much to my regret but I did see something on social media that you are developing things out there in New Ormond Park
3: Yeah so we sold our
6: pitch in town in Tion across the hospital Oh and yeah I remember Japan, that yeah yeah, with the plan of uh, redeveloping this so there's a full-size rugby 3G going in and a, a small training 3G um uh, also while keeping the main field a, a grass pitch but um the weather isn't working in our favor at the moment we're a bit bit behind on time but um it's 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 going to be a great great job and it's done a huge massive facility for the for the locality and uh, we're very excited about it.
2: I, I think that that's really commendable for you because I spoke about the drain and resources of having a team in the AIL and to then find funds with possible lottery uh, help or whoever else is helping you. But um, but then to, you still have to find funds to develop a 3G pitch. They're not they're not cheap.
6: Yeah, and again, we have a, a subcommittee led by uh, Sean McCullough and a few more that have been working on this for, for several years. And again, I go back to without these people um, it just clubs wouldn't have what they have today, you know. So it's, it's it's hard work volunteers that allow these
2: things to happen. I um I think that you, people should really try and put into their diaries those back to back games against Cashel because sometimes they're on a Friday night and under lights and they make for great atmosphere. Um, all you need is a good crisp evening that's dry and you're guaranteed eighty good minutes of rugby.
6: Absolutely, yeah. they're, they're, they're they're worth calling out to watch
2: yeah yeah, agree well look I wish you well and it's a great story continued success to you unbeaten and Division 2A top of the table Cashel chomping at your heels what more could you want from a Tipperary rugby perspective my thanks for your time John thank you Ronald. take I care good luck and the best luck with that that's uh, John Long from Nina Ormond Rugby Club keep an eye on that story because it's, it's uh, one that I think is going to end really positively for the two Tipperary sides Barry Ryan is on line 3 how are you Barry? How are you running? Barry, we've been talking over the course of the last few weeks about nominations for the Tip FM Sports Star of the Month for October, and a number of nominations have come in. Uh, Nominations like Willie Mansell, for example, who was the first man over 35, fourth fourth Irishman home at the Dublin City Marathon, I think 10th overall, ran a time of 2 hours and 19 minutes. Willie Connors also came in with a nomination from Killadangan after his tour de force performances for Killadangan in the uh, County Senior Hurling Championship particularly in light of the fact that Willie had such significant injury problems over the course of the last year his his return to form has really gladdened a lot of hearts however having said all that the panel have gone for um, Maeve Russell perhaps you might tell us who Maeve Russell is
1: Yes, I thought I would have first came across Maeve Russell from Loretto Carmel in my Munster interprovincial team um, three or four years ago. Um, an unbelievable player that year she met the Irish schools team um, she's gone on she's a current member of the Irish under-19 squad that was in Belgium a couple of weeks ago for um, the European qualifiers she played against Holland against Belgium and against the Faroe Islands um, and she also just at the weekend won a national title with her club uh, Wexford won the under-19 league Bet Shelburne 3-0 uh, look women's soccer is absolutely exploding ever since the World Cup and for us to have people like Naves, um playing for Ireland from and involved in those teams, you know, and possibly you know, in the next few years, hopefully with Ireland qualifying for European Championships and World Cups um, you know, to have somebody like that is fantastic, and special mention also to Keona Bergen and Grace Patrick Ryan um, who are also in and around these squads as well and brilliant talents, but Maeve I think is an unbelievable role model um, for younger players, she's played hockey for Munster as well, um, an incredible sports person, an incredible girl, and they know they're hugely proud of her in the rest of and I think I can speak for anyone that's worked with her, um, just an incredible role model and, and look an unbelievably worthy winner.
2: I think you've said so a lot, a lot in that but one thing I'll pick you up on is the fact that women's soccer is exploding in this country. Do you get a sense of that that it was on the cusp of it for the World Cup and the likes of seeing uh, Katie and others Perform at that level at an international level you know because let's face it you know when she's playing for Arsenal you're not necessarily seeing a lot of that on TV but when she's playing for Ireland you do see it even if it is in a way a sort of a, a waterlogged pitch in Albania it's still on TV and that's hugely important for that game.
1: Yeah, hugely important. And look, I do, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think we were on the cusp of it for a while. Uh, even in, in Tipperary, Cashel Town have been our forerunner. They've produced multiple internationals now, uh, women's soccer all the way up. Um, and it felt like we were on the cusp of it. But all of a sudden, the World Cup just propelled it to another level. Abby Larkin, a similar age to a lot of the girls watching, all of a sudden breaking through onto the squad. And, it's, and that's amazing. And to have role models now in the WSL, like Katie McCabe and stuff like that, and Denise Sullivan in America. But for us here. Tipperary, we need Maeve Russell, we need Keola Burgans, we need Grace and Patrick Ryan, so girls here can see, Jesus, I can do it. Um, there's a girl down the road, there's a girl in Camel, there's a girl in Cashel, there's a girl in Roscare playing for Ireland. That's what will really propel it to the next level.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's great, and many congratulations to Maeve Russell. I've, I've, she's come on my radar a couple of times because she's such a, an all-round sports star. But uh, playing for Ireland, representing Ireland, winning with Ireland, winning with her club, winning a national title, and it's for those reasons that Maeve Russell is the October Tip FM Sports Personality of the Month for October in association with the Talbot Hotel in Camel And many congratulations to her. Turning our attention to events in the TSDL Barry, um, I suppose you have to mention Saint Michael's Seven. Drubbing of rare cross another clean sheet i don't know how many clean sheets that is but uh, they're still finding plenty of goals
1: yeah the goals just keep flowing i looked at it today they're averaging four goals per league game 25 goals in their sixth league game so far um it's and you know in the cup games i would say they're averaging even more um, and this is something that they would have been aware of last year they're winning these games 2-0 3-1 uh so they've literally—it's—it's it's something that's completely transformed them this this year. To, to seem to have unlocked that attacking potential. I always felt they were a little bit dependent on Jimmy Carr at times in the past, um, and now I think it's just—it's across the board. They get you from everywhere now. Ed DeWire is getting them from midfield. Um, Danny O'Brien has come to the four. Now he's having a brilliant season as well. So um, yeah, the goals are flowing. But look, it was good to see Peak Villa equally banging in six as well, and they're going to be banging there as well.
2: They are, you know, because they are the two form teams in Tipperary right now.
1: Yeah, and I think special mention to Pippi Carroll. I know we've mentioned him so many times in the past. And like, at times I feel like we should mention Key Cal more and stuff as well. But Pippi Carroll is just banging in goals. And look, he is their talisman. There are so many good players, but Pippi is the talisman.
2: Yeah, and they, that was in just for for listeners. That was in a league match against uh, Bancha Celtic, and we've seen how good Bancha are, uh, especially now that the GA has finished out there. Um, that there, it's a tough place to go and play. It's a nice pitch, nice surface. It's a pitch you can play football on.
1: Yeah, it was a game that I wondered what way it would go because Bancha with the GA coming to an end, but as soon as the game was transferred to Turles and moved to an oh, afternoon right, kickoff, okay,
6: okay,
1: because moved. the pitch wasn't playable, I knew then it was only going to go one way. But that will be a fixture later on in the year away to bad chap that we definitely want to keep an eye on. I think Bill will be aware of that as well. That will be a difficult game. But it was a whole. it ended up being a home game in Turles. and okay. look as they do what they do at home, they made light work of it.
2: Tim Boris had a good FAI Junior Cup win as well, away to Care Park.
1: Yeah, and look, they've done it the hard way. They've gone to the complex in the previous round of one. They've gone to Care Park now and we've you know, Care of having such a good season. That was a brilliant win for Boris and all of a sudden it kinda of sparked their season into life as well. Uh, special mention to Jack Cleary broke the deadlock and started second half with a 35-yard screamer um, and that kind of propelled him then and Jamie Carey was man of the match he added the second goal and look that kick starts their season now and I think that that will kick into league form now as well because the FAI draw will give them something to be working towards mm. and, as well, and it creates that
2: little buzz. Did I see new market go out of the FAI last year's winners?
1: Yeah, to, to Avenue they're big rivals Um look and that, a lot of people are kind of very surprised or shocked by it, but Pike Rovers' captain last year, Stephen McGann, had signed for Avenue, and they'd recruited really well as well. So they actually meet each other in the Munster Junior Cup next week as well, so another classic. Um,
2: so, just, but, but what but that demonstrates, as, 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 as we've said many times, it's such a, it shows just how, what a hard thing it is to win. Um, so you've last year's winners not even getting out of their area.
1: Yeah, and and the year before I remember I was having this conversation, Bill Al Waterford, the holders, went in the first round, away in Ferrybank.
2: Yes, it does, yeah. And that just gives you you know, St Michael's are there thereabouts every year. Testament to how good a, a, a cup team they can be. We know how good a league team they are, but it yeah. it's something different for a cup.
1: We, that was a conversation I had with Walsh at the beginning, just about how the Fairview Rangers, the St Michael's, and the Sheriffs. What separates them is they do it every single year.
2: Yeah, that is true. It's a fair point. Um, we said last week that for Clamhill Town's game against Tipperary Town. I asked, was it a must-win? You said it's a must-not-lose, um, and they didn't lose, and they did get a one-point win, or a one-goal-to-nil win, which is a valuable three points for them.
1: Yeah, huge, and I was delighted for young Sean Kenny, who's been a really good U player over the last couple of years, and he was a guy that, when I was there, trained with us and never missed a training session, he was a brilliant young fella, and he has got a really, really big goal for Tom and Town, and that settles the whole thing down, and well done to Jonathan and all the staff, because probably a lot of noise around Tom and Town and people, you know, to mentioning in the dreaded relegation board, which was never really going to happen. But it now they kick on at the season, it looks completely different now. They have 10 points, they're away from all of that. They're looking at the top four, top five, um, comfortably inside that. And they'll probably set new goals and how they can kick on. But fair play to them. They've kind of arrested any slump. Um, and, you know, look, it's a positive, hopefully, from here on in.
2: It's good talking to you, Barry, and thanks for that. Thanks very much, Robin. Take care, Barry, Ryan, joining us there. Let's just, before we go off air, just reflect on the Breeders' Cup turf at Santa Anita over the weekend. Ryan Moore guiding Augusto down to victory. Nine to four favourite uh, was uh, up there for Aidan O'Brien. Uh, put in context for us, if you don't mind, David.
7: Look, Ron. it was a super performance. It was a very emotional weekend at the Breeders' Cup with uh, so many big performances. But Augusta Rodin's performance was absolutely brilliant. Ryan Moore was at his very brilliant best as well on board. And, uh, well, what a performance. Braden O'Brien, of course, two winners on the weekend, but unquestionable as well, uh, winning on uh, Friday evening. But this was a top claw performance by a horse that you feel, you know, they will always be the question is who's is going to replace uh, Galileo at the uh, more, but well, you know what, a Gosford then is going to be a very, very popular sire. Simply on the grounds, of course, that uh, Gosford then has uh, the deep impact line out of Rory Dendron, the, probably the greatest Galileo mayor that ever uh, ran. So there's uh, a great optimism for what a Gosford then can uh, prove at studs of the year. But it was an amazing weekend of racing uh, over at the Breeders' Cup, and uh, of course the fantastic story of Cody's wish winning, and uh, just a the very sad news in racing today that uh, young Cody Dornan uh, passed away earlier today after he was making his way back and he had such a great association with that horse, Cody's race. so uh, it's, it's been a brilliant weekend of racing but an emotional cool. one and just a quick well done to Mouse Morris as well winning the Charlie Howell uh, chase this weekend, really good performance and a uh, uh, horse uh, really to look forward to as the uh, year goes on in gentlemen's Game. Save men's game and of course we've got the
2: Melbourne Cup at 4am tomorrow morning. I can't wait. Look forward to it. Thanks indeed for your time. Sorry it's so quick but, uh, David, thanks for that indeed. That's all we have time for. My thanks to David. Burns, Ian Connor produced. We're late for news. Let's go straight over to the newsroom.